0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE.
1: Hey, sports fans. If you haven't heard, I just launched a brand new radio show on SB Nation Radio every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you want to hear it live, tune into your local SB Nation FM radio station or stream it on SBNationRadio.com. I'll also post the show the next day here as a podcast. So enjoy. It's the B-Ball Breakdown
0: with Coach Nick on SB Nation Radio.
2: And online at SBNationLive.com.
0: Coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's
1: Coach Nick. Sports fans. What's happening? It's Coach Nick here of V-Ball Breakdown, and I know it's a new format for you for the radio. Glad to be here and to have you guys join us. I'm also simulcasting on Periscope right now, so if you have any questions, you can throw them over there as well, or you can call in. We have a toll-free number, old school. 1-800-777-2907. And if you don't know who I am, I am Coach Nick of B-Ball Breakdown, and it's a a social media phenomenon, perhaps, if you want to call that. It's a YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, and I do uh, X's and O's breakdowns of the NBA. In fact, we are the largest uh, and most popular online channel devoted to NBA analysis. And so we do lots of really great stuff uh, all during the day and all during the night as far as covering the NBA. I'll do uh, videos like, uh, Are the Cavs Back? Uh, or the hottest team in the NBA, and we break down with the X's and O's what they're doing on the court. And also, during the games on Twitter, I'm out there doing uh, really cool video segments where I'll explain what happened in a certain play and why, or just a highlight. Uh, So I am out there all over the place for you guys, and uh, I'm really excited. This is my first show on the radio, and... um, I thought we could talk a little bit about what we do uh, specifically. I mentioned a couple of the videos. And also don't forget, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at B-Ball Breakdown. And uh, let's talk about this. We got a couple minutes here. So the last video I did was, are the Cavs back? Or in fact, the title is, the Cavs are back. And I wanted to kind of dig through what's going on with their new roster changes and whether it works or not. And basically what we came up with is that they are now uh, the prohibitive favorites to get back to the finals when they were absolutely not that way uh, up until the day before that trade happened. Uh, The the pieces they added got them younger, more athletic, uh, and they got some more shooting. So the only question now is will the NBA be able to adjust after a couple games here and figure out how to better guard these guys? Uh, Otherwise, the rest of the Eastern Conference is going to be a bit in trouble. So, we have a great show coming up. Uh, We have a couple of uh, three great guests. So, Adam Stanko is coming on, who is a uh, longtime uh, TV producer over at ESPN. We have James Hollis, AKA Snotty Drippin'. And we have Dave Dufour, my partner in crime, over on the podcast to uh, talk all about the NBA. So, I'm really excited about that. And we got those great segments coming up, plus more NBA analysis. So,. I'm glad you're with me. Ask your questions over on Twitter. You can call in at 1 800 777 2907 and you can join us, uh, as, be part of the show.
0: This is Mark Miller, and you're listening to SB Nation Radio. Now back to SB Nation Radio, coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios.
1: And sports fans, we are back for our next segment. I hope you enjoyed all those lovely commercials that we just served up to you. And I'm really excited because we're going to have a great guest on coming on in a minute with uh, Adam Stanko, who, uh, if, you, if you haven't heard from him, he's on our podcast often, and he's a longtime TV producer at ESPN, and he produced uh, SportsCenter, and he's also at the Pac-12 Network, now a, is a college basketball insider. And so I'm really excited to bring on Adam and talk a little bit about what we're doing with um, the standout rookies and anybody who might be coming into the league next year. So uh, is Adam, are you there, Adam? I'm here, Coach Nick. All how right. How are you we doing? We're doing great. This is live radio. Everything's crazy. we got uh, Periscope going as well. So uh, thank you for coming on the show today. What do you want to talk about?
2: Uh, I'm excited. I am just I just want to talk about how great this is that you finally have your own radio show so that we can get you out to the masses, anyone who
1: hasn't already seen the YouTube thing. Oh, I know. I'm really excited. And by the way, that means that you're a first-time caller, first-time listener, right? Exactly. I guess cool about the close-ups with all of it. All right. Well, let's break into this because we got to talk a little bit about, you know, certain uh, rookies we want to see who's standing out to you. Who is a rookie right now in the NBA that you feel uh, is has really kind of maybe even surprised people with his play?
2: Well, I, I think first of all, you'd have to say Donovan Mitchell, just based upon where he was drafted, you know, outside of the top ten, we talked actually on, on draft night um you know, Dave DeFore, yourself, and, and, and myself on, uh, did the draft special on YouTube, and, and we broke down who some of the rookies that we thought could be impactful that weren't necessarily in that one-two conversation of, you know, Markel Fulton, Lonzo bow, and I think Donovan Mitchell's a guy that I really loved. I went to see him work out and private workouts, uh, you know, preparing for the draft. And not only did I think he was Russell Westbrook light in terms of his athleticism and his explosiveness, but just seeing him in the workouts with guys like Jordan Bell, John Collins, um, Emil Jefferson out of Duke. What I noticed most of all was just his leadership qualities. I mean, he was only a sophomore. His, his mom had to be encouraged to, to enter his name in the draft. She didn't want him to go. And he's a guy that just has great charm and, and just has a, you know, really great sense of self. And there's some humility there. And he understands how good he is, but also understands how good he can be. And I think, him and, and Lowry Markkinen is another guy with the Bulls that I, I think, you know, if people haven't seen I mean they have to be paying attention to the Bulls now uh, after their their horrid start, what they're doing lately. You know, Markinen we, we talked about his ability to shoot, but I think his size, his confidence, and his ability to become an NBA scorer right away. He seemed like a guy last year as a freshman in Arizona who could, you know, be a one guy that you could stick on an NBA roster and you knew he'd get minutes. And, and certainly this year he's proven to be a guy who plays like a vet.
1: Absolutely. Let's go back to Donovan Mitchell for a second, because obviously the Jazz were really upset about losing Gordon Hayward to the Celtics, and it looked like, you know, all was going to be lost, but it turns out this guy's averaging 20 points a game, three and a half assists, and you know what, for how well he's doing now, he's doing fine, he's shooting 35% from three and, you know, 44% from the field, but... He's even better in the clutch, and I think that's what's been really surprising. He is a killer, and whenever they've needed the bucket and it gets close, like they can turn to him, and it's rare, right? I don't think, I can't think of maybe like Damian Lillard was the last rookie I could remember as a guard who could who could perform like this in the clutch.
2: Absolutely, and it comes from a place of confidence, you know, that, that you need that. Um, you know, no one is going to be able to, to teach you how to be a great player you know, in the NBA, that there's a skill set, there's a mentality, but then there's a certain level of confidence that even when you miss a few shots in a row and anyone who's watched Jazz games this year can tell, you know, Mitchell will will go on streaks just like any other player, and certainly any other rookie where shots aren't falling or there's some, you know, bad turnovers. But what's really interesting to me is that, like you point out, late-game situations, it doesn't matter to him. He's still going to take those shots much in the same way that Lillard did when we saw him come out of college and, and make an impact immediately, and that—that's the cool thing about Mitchell. And it's also in a weird way. I mean, who would have thought last year that that Hood would have been expendable? But that's how good Mitchell has been. Not only has he made the Jazz forget about Gordon Hayward, but he turned Hood, who's a rising star and uh, a swingman, into an expendable player and a guy that they could they could deal away. And I think that really speaks to not only uh donovan mitchell's talent but also his ability to play both guard spots and and a guy that i think people thought can be a point guard can be a two and as as you talk about a lot i mean the guard is changing in the nba and i think he's a prime example of that a guy who really i don't know that he really has a pure point guard position or a two guard he's just a
1: guard yeah And it certainly, and we'll be talking about Lowry Markin, and I think you remember this when we were going through our rookies before the season started. uh, People were questioning his rebounding ability, and I didn't see that. I didn't see evidence of that in in the college. It felt like he could grab boards, and he had good size and good hands, and you know what? It doesn't seem like it's an issue now, and so it seems like everything is pointing toward him eventually playing five or or playing the center more than he even is now and really causing problems for other teams.
2: Yeah, the one thing about Markinen is his size. I think that people sort of underestimated just how big he was, how physical he was. And, you know, in Arizona he was used in some situations where he wasn't necessarily on the low blocks just grabbing rebounds or, or also in a position to post up. You know, they obviously he was a stretch guy that they pulled out away from the basket, and I think that hurt his rebounding numbers and that hurt the perception of him as a rebounder. Certainly DeAndre Aiden's a guy who's, you know, averaging – 10 boards a game this year for Arizona, and people are questioning why isn't he putting up more, you know, Shaq like numbers in college, 14, 15 rebounds a game. And I think part of the reason is just where he's sort of situated uh, offensively and defensively for Arizona, and, and sort of saw the same thing last year with Marconi.
1: For sure, and I can't wait to con- see him continue to develop the way he is at the Bulls. Uh, are there any other uh, players out there that are going to be coming to the draft this year that you got your eye on?
2: Well, I think what's interesting about this draft is just how top-heavy it is. Last year, you could get a guy like Mitchell outside the top ten. You could get a John Collins for the Hawks, you know, at at number 19. Uh, There was talent sort of spread throughout this year. Everyone sort of agrees that you're looking at, like, the top five or six, and if you can get into that spot, you're going to get a terrific player. There's a bunch of them. Luka Doncic, uh, the Slovenian point guard played for Real Madrid and has been a star over in the early. Who turns 19 next week. I mean, just a, a six-seven point guard prodigy, you know, that's, that's been compared for, you know, Ricky Rubio's been able to brought up, but, but a guy who can score as well as distribute. Um, Marvin Bagley, obviously, at Duke. Questions about whether there's a true four-man anymore in the NBA. That's come up, but certainly his size is still set, and the guy who left early out of high school to, to join college team the sky's the limit for him. Uh, Mo Bamba, at Texas, is a project, but his wingspan's pretty incredible. And uh, DeAndre Ayton, I think, is, is and Michael Porter, the two guys really to keep to, for people to keep their eye on. I mean, Ayton is a guy, you know, he's a true seven-footer. He's sort of built like David Robinson was midway through his career. He's incredibly strong, incredibly lean, uh, just an unbelievable physical specimen, and he's bouncy, but incredibly he can step out and has touch at 12 feet and then michael porter who hasn't played this year for missouri but you know people have told me he reminds them of carmelo anthony if he was a little bit longer i mean a guy who really understands how to play the game that can score at the three spot the four spot and could really revolutionize the game he's been injured all year but could come back from missouri maybe before the ncaa tournament or even in the ncaa tournament and uh, i think those guys And of course, Trey Young. I mean, leading the country in scoring and assists. (laughs) They've lost six in a row at Oklahoma, but Trey Young is a special, special talent too. So, those are really the guys. And then you sort of get beyond that, and it it, you know, there's going to be a couple good players beyond that, but it turns way more into a crapshoot than it has in years past.
1: Uh, absolutely, and by the way, everyone listening here just found out why you're the man to go to when we want uh, that kind of information on the guys up and coming in college and heading over to the NBA because that was as thorough as a breakdown as we're ever going to hear from anybody. So, Adam, uh, fantastic <laughs> information right there in, uh, in, in as efficient amount of time as possible. I can't, uh, can't thank you enough for joining us.
2: Uh, Coach Nick had a great time, and, and i got to tell you, congratulations once again. I'm super thrilled. It's the best basketball mind I know. That's his own radio show. I'm, I'm excited to listen to the rest of the show.
1: Thank you. I'm excited, too. And we'll figure out the Periscope thing, too, to get the audio from you over there. So stay tuned for that. And if you're not, just do tune into the, uh the the, um, the stream over at SB Nation Radio. And if you want to follow Adam, as you should, you should look for Naismith Lives, uh, as in Dr. James Naismith, Naismith, the inventor of basketball. So uh, awesome stuff, Adam. And uh, we will talk to you really soon. Sounds good. Well, there you go, sports fans. And we are, we're going to fix the Periscope thing, so don't worry about that. But as of now, as we're live on the radio, we're going to keep hammering this up. But we have our next segment coming up in a, in a couple minutes here, and we're going to bring on James Hollis, who is at Dripping on Twitter, and a guy who you should be following if you're not. He's part of the B-Ball Breakdown family. Always, he has a fantastic uh, take on whatever's going on in the NBA. And as long as you agree with him, then, you know, you'll be okay on Twitter. So... Um, I think we have a couple of extra minutes here it sounds like before we go to commercial so It's the B-ball breakdown with Coach
0: Nick on SB Nation Radio coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios. Here's Coach Nick.
1: Hey sports fans, welcome back. This is the first ever live radio show of, I like the radio show title by the way, The B-Ball Breakdown. It's got a nice ring to it, don't you think? So I'm really excited. If you haven't heard and know who I am, I am Coach Nick and I run B-Ball Breakdown on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all sorts of places on the social media network. And when I'm not here doing the live radio stuff, I'm breaking down NBA footage with video, voiceover, freeze frames, arrows, slow-mo, the whole thing, and explaining to you what's going on on the court. However, today, right now, I want to bring on part of the B-Ball Breakdown family, James Hollis, a.k.a. Snotty Drippin' on Twitter, who is uh, one of our contributors, a fantastic writer, great Twitter personality, great analysis of the NBA, and all-around nice guy, unless you back the wrong horse in his mind. So let's bring him on. James Hollis, how are you, my man? What up, folks? Hey, hey! Great to hear you on live terrestrial radio for once. This is
3: pretty cool, man. You got a show.
1: Congrats! Thank you, thank you. I'm glad I could have you on the inaugural. You're the, I guess you're the first time, first time caller, first time listener. Oh uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. No, let's let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So I can't. That's the. That's probably only the second time I can do that joke, and I won't do it anymore. I promise. So. Let's break into it, because I thought we could talk a little bit about the Celtics versus the Cavs, and I said this on Twitter, or I was saying it to somebody recently, where I kind of feel like the Celtics are a bit of a mirage, where they had a great start, they're kind of, you know, maxed out on what they can do, and I just don't know if they're really a threat at this point, especially without Gordon Hayward, am I right or am I wrong?
3: Uh yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with you. I don't think it's so much a mirage as in people might have inflated their expectations. That 16 game win streak uh, might have put people over the moon a little bit. Jason Tatum shooting a thousand uh, percent from three. I'm uh, just <laughs> right. joking. But he was at 50 percent for the first I don't know 30 40 games. That got I got people's expectations pumped up. But like you said, man, their uh, their max their max all star free agent is injured. And you know, once he goes down, I my expectations shifted. I think a lot of people, other people. Maybe uh, you know have some pie in the sky. Hey, this team can 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 do some great things. It, it, I, hey, I wouldn't be shocked if they made it to the, East, to the Western. I'm sorry, the Eastern Conference Finals and and battled the Cavs and even beat them. I wouldn't be shocked. But I also wouldn't be shocked if they went out in the first or second round because it's, I mean they're playing a lot of young guys uh, and we see the regression already started with Jason Tatum. We see the fatigue sitting in. They've uh, you know I think they've lost like nine of the last fifteen. You know, so they're struggling a bit.
1: Yeah, they are, I and mean, because they had a five-game winning streak, but, you know, couched around uh, a four-game losing streak and, you know, a three-game losing streak up into the All-Star game. I think what really changed my opinion was I was excited to see them play against the New Look Cavs uh, last Sunday, and it was a 22-point loss. And they just looked kind of listless and, uh, you know, didn't have the ability to really compete. So, um, that's what it's really concerning. And I agree. I think the Tatum wall has been hit and he might get through it. Uh, but that's the only thing you can say about Brad Stevens' teams is that he will give them the. the, the the most chance to get past that first or second round and play up to their opponent, so you can't overlook them completely. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the real question: is what would happen in the playoffs if they if they had to you know deal with it right now? If you look at the standings, they're second in the conference, so they wouldn't have the worst matchup in the first round against the Sixers right now. If that's what how, how it played out, do they beat the Sixers in the first round series?
3: I mean, again, I mean, with, with the thing about the playoffs and rotation shorten, you are going to play your best guys long minutes, so Embiid and and uh, Simmons will play a lot, and the Sixers are really tough on both those guys on the court. Now, let me pump your brakes a little bit because you're absolutely yeah. right about how the Celtics seem listless. When the dog days of the season, um, I think if you remember correctly, a couple years ago with uh, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, the Thunder went four and eight right out the All Star break. After the All Star break, uh, break, last year right after the All Star break, I believe the Warriors went something like six and and uh, six and nine or something. They had a they had another streak. This happens to even good teams in the middle of the season. It's hard to get up and get motivated every game. So this is not unique for the Celtics, even though it seems like it, right? So before we just say, oh, well, they, they you know, they're they're crashed on earth. Let's see how they they come out after the All Star break, after a little rest and rejuvenation for their players. But uh, that being said, uh, yeah, I think they can still beat Philly. I think uh, they're better coached than Philly, and I think that you know the youth of, of Embiid and, and Simmons is not up. To the snuff of playing Kyrie and Al Horford, and you know some of the veterans, Greg Monroe, I think would be really big against uh, Embiid in the playoffs. So I think they can beat Philly. I, I
1: definitely think they could. Okay, well let's look at it this way. So there's about 26 games left in this season, and right now the Cavs are four and a half games behind the Celtics in Eastern Conference. Uh, certainly, that, uh, that's that's actually pretty tough when you only have 26 games left. Do you think that they're going to make up that difference and get to the and the Cavs going to get to the second seed?
3: Especially since Boston only has twenty three games left. Boston has only played fifty. already played fifty nine games. Okay. Uh, so it's a little, yeah. It's different. So I, I, I think I think Boston should be pretty. I mean, the sellers. Uh, the I'm sorry. The Cavs could run off as a immense streak, right? But mm-hmm. just like when a coach gets fired, we see a team have like a, a, a adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's what we're seeing with the Cavs right now, right? They, I mean, they got an injection in new life. Teams don't have a scouting report on how to deal with, you know, Rodney Hood playing with LeBron James and George Hill and Jordan Clarkson. So this is a brand-new team. I think uh, we're going to see probably a little regression after the all-star break from them too, right, because they look like world-beaters right now. And LeBron James looks rejuvenated. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see if they can really coalesce and stop. You know, because right now, hey, those guys don't know the plays. They're playing off adrenaline, basically, and they look great. Let's see how it goes when they settle in. And, you know, Jordan Clarkson, he, he will have a 4-for-16 game. You know, George Hill will have a game that has 8 points and, you know, and, and 3 assists because sometimes he's a little older and sometimes he does that. And he's injury-prone. Knock on wood, is going to get injured. So, uh, Rodney Hood. Rodney Hood, definitely, we've seen him in Utah. He's very consistent. He'll have 25-1 game. Then he have 3 games where he has 8 points. You know, he averages 8 points a game. So, that's what we're going to see, uh, how this team settles out, right, once they get the rotations down. There's a, there's a long way to go for the Cleveland Cavaliers, but they definitely look a heck of a lot better than they looked, uh, you know, with, with Isaiah Thomas and, and, and Dwayne Wade. That team was dead in the water.
1: For sure, and you know a Great point. Also, to piggyback on that is that these new players are all from the Western Conference, and so the Eastern Conference teams, you know, see them twice a year, are probably a little bit less familiar with those players. And so, yeah, it will only take a few games, I suppose, uh, for them to get used to some of the rhythms and understand how better to guard. Uh, But you can't deny the fact that the Cavaliers, yes, this rejuvenation that we see even on the bench and the and the uh, it's almost like manic uh, what you saw from LeBron on the bench, right? Like there's something it was he was cheerleading. So hard at, at the end of the last game that um I, I mean I guess it was, it was a culmination of a lot of frustration, just getting all that out. But it almost felt like it was a little bit too much. Did you feel that way?
3: Yeah, I thought he was kind of hamming it up for the cameras to show how happy he was. We know LeBron mm-hmm. doesn't do any he doesn't do anything like uh, every, he does everything calculated. So he went from playing listless and you know looking disgruntled or whatever. I don't know if you remember. Right before that trade, he had a. I think they had a, uh, that game against uh, Minnesota, and he went off. He had a big game against Minnesota. Like, he looked all. He almost like he knew something was coming down the pipeline. I got to feel that game. So uh, yeah, he's 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 going to show that he's he's a hundred percent in now. And they did they did the right thing. They got younger. They got more versatile. Adding George Hill and Rodney Hood and Clarkson, and you know they 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 became more of a modern team than they were before the trade, where they were kind of a mismatched bunch of parts. But, yeah, LeBron James definitely is, show, is, is going out of his way to show, you know, that, that, that he's 100% in with what they, the moves that they made.
1: Now, let me ask you this. Does this. How poorly does this reflect on a guy like Isaiah Thomas having gone to another team now? And, you know, if you want to blame him or not, the fact remains that the, the teams he's been on had sort of imploded a bit uh, every time he's been there. So how does this reflect on him?
3: I don't think that poorly, man. I mean, let's think about it. He was he was out with a major injury, and he only had I think he only had eight games between coming back and getting traded. The only thing i will say about Isaiah is that I believe his his personality and his sense of leadership might be a little askew, and might I think he might have overstepped his bounds. He came into Cleveland, and instead of you know like LeBron said it himself, like don't stop trying to um, you know stop trying to fit out and fit in. He was trying to establish himself as uh, a big personality in that locker room, and that was the wrong thing for Isaiah to do, I think. He, was, he, was, he thought maybe being outspoken was, was leadership, but he was a divisive um, distraction instead of being a, a, a help, especially when he was trying to come back from injury and play his way back into the game. So I really believe Isaiah had the best intentions at heart, but when your game is not up to par – and you are already not a defender. You can't just come in there and start flapping your gums in an locker room full of veterans. And, um, you know, I feel bad for Isaiah. You know, it, it's tough the way it should have gotten in Boston. And we thought he'd get a, a redemption shot in Cleveland. He didn't really get that shot. I mean, it, it's partly his fault for, you know, the things he was saying and maybe he rubbed people the wrong way. And he was just come back from injury. So, uh, it's, he, to go from an MVP caliber guy to what we see from him now, it's, uh, I, I can't remember a player having such a fall from grace so
1: uh, quickly. Right. Well, this is what happens when you get a hip injury at that age. I I have the same kind of thing and I know how quickly that could be a problem. So uh, we'll have to see how it works out in L.A. because it seems like it was already a rough start for him here. You know, again, very tough situation to jump in in the middle of the season and try and, and, you know, play well with uh, new players like that. So we'll have to see. But, you know, Jordan Clarkson has certainly been a... um, uh, a, a revelation for them and uh, as we move to the break I just want to, real quickly is he going to be able to keep that up you think it's not he's going to have a clunker or two uh, he's
3: definitely going have a clunker too uh,
1: inconsistent inconsistency with his middle man in uh, Los Angeles but hey he's with LeBron LeBron's going to keep it rolling alright well thank you James for coming on that's snotty dripping over on Twitter check him out and make sure to follow him and, and get engaged he will definitely respond to you on there when we're doing the games and looking at him and watching him so James thanks for coming on the show I really appreciate it
0: It's the B-Ball Breakdown with Coach Nick on SB Nation Radio. Coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Coach Nick.
1: Holy crap, was that Angus Young of ACDC playing me in? That was really exciting. Uh, I can't believe that. uh, I love those little stingers. It sounds so so radio. (laughs) So maybe I should speak in more of my radio voice today. Hey, it's Coach Nick here. Welcome to B-Ball Breakdown. Well, if you haven't heard who I am, I am Coach Nick. I break down the NBA. Uh, We have the most popular online channel devoted to NBA analysis on YouTube. It's also on Twitter. It's on Facebook. It's on, where else, Instagram. So follow us all the way across. And we have my partner in crime, Dave Dufour, on the line, ready to join me, just like we do in our weekly podcast. And, Dave, uh, let me hear what you sound like on terrestrial radio.
2: Uh, Hopefully I sound just as velvety as I do in the podcasting realm.
1: You're even cuter on the radio. Did you know that? Well, I have a face for television and a voice for radio. It's a, <laughs> it's a curse. I think. Wait, that sounds like a golden, you know, com- uh, union right there with uh, both of those things. So, video did not kill this radio star. And, uh, Dave, actually, it's been a while. We've been, we haven't talked in a while, and i missed you. And um, we got to talk some NBA for the fans. What do you say? Uh,
2: yeah, you know, the All Star break, I, I went to a wedding in Charleston, South Carolina instead of coming out to L.A. to hang out with you and, and all of our friends that were in town, and um, I gotta say, it was nice to have a little all-star break for myself. It, it was actually pretty relaxing.
1: Well, I have to be honest, I really didn't even watch any of the, 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 any of the all-star events. I sort of saw, caught some of the highlights later, which, by the way, did you see a Donovan Mitchell over-the-shoulder alley with to John Collins? In that game, no. in, the, in the Rising Stars game? No, you didn't even <laughs> see that because that was pretty amazing. So I know we're, we talked about Donovan Mitchell earlier with Adam, and uh, I just wanted to throw it out there because it, the one thing I did call my eye was like, wow, that was a steal, and he just threw it up over his he- head And Collins. Uh, by the way, it doesn't really take a lot of accuracy to throw an alley to John Collins, but still. Uh, but we should get so, – so let's get to the real NBA X and O's, I feel like most people, you know, they, they enjoy the All-Star game. It is what it is, but we want to get back to the serious NBA analysis that we usually do. So – Let's break into this. Let's talk a little bit about the Golden State Warriors versus the Houston Rockets. Uh, and by the way, let me ask you this. I did a video last week about the hottest team in the NBA, and I chose the Jazz because they're on an 11-game winning streak versus the Rockets, who are on a 10-game winning streak. So who, who is the hotter team right now?
2: Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit, I, I think I'd go with the Rockets just because they're doing it at the top of the standings. This is not to... Uh, denigrate the Jazz in any respect whatsoever. I mean, I love that team. I love what they've done. I love what Quinn Snyder's doing. But I think that because the Rockets have done it consistently and are tacking on this 10-game win streak to what was already the two-seed, I, I think that you kind of got to give them
1: the, uh, the edge there. Interesting. Okay. I mean, you're right. It's, I mean, you could argue 11 is greater than 10, and uh, but it's only getting them back into the barely the playoff picture for the Jazz's perspective versus the Rockets who are, you know, now on top of the Western Conference. It's a pretty exciting stuff for them. Um, what do you make of that as far as, you know, I don't think we would have conceived that the Warriors would not be number one in the Western Conference with only 25 games left in the season. So what do we make of this?
2: Well, you know, this is year four of this, and year two with KD. and I just don't know if they're as hungry for the regular season as they have been. They have nothing left to prove. You know, they've set the new NBA record for most wins in the season. They came back from the from the devastating, you know, blowing the series three up three one. Um, KD won his ring. There's just nothing to prove in this regular season. So, you know, this is very much cruise control. They're ready for for the for the postseason to start.
1: Okay, so you're not worried at all. I mean, there are times, I have to tell you, when I'm watching them on offense even, which is supposed to be like their, you know, obviously their strong suit, where it just sort of, it devolves a little bit. We don't have all that pretty basketball we used to see. And I start to wonder if it's habit or you know, if, if that's necessarily connected to that ennui that you're talking about, or are we are they developing some bad habits that are going to maintain? Well, I mean, we would all
2: hope not, and I'm sure Steve Kerr would be in the same boat with us. Uh, you know, I think that what we saw from this team last year was that when the playoffs hit, they did switch things up quite a bit. They, they started running that Steph KD pick and roll a lot more. Um, we, we saw Steph on the ball much more as opposed to the regular season where it felt like they were saving him. So I, I, don't, I don't think this team in particular is going to carry over those bad habits at least offensively, I worry more about the defense. Can Andre Iguodala actually bring it when the playoffs come? You know, is McCaw going to give them any minute? And it's only going to be five a game if they need, but they need those minutes. And those are more my question marks.
1: Oh, I agree. When you're looking at the lineup data, and again, I know that, you know, whatever you describe is, is, is legitimate as far as just it's the, it's the regular season, but some of those lineups that used to be plus 20 in that rating are now like either like a little negative or, or zero. And that's got to be really concerning. And Iguodala is the main culprit here when we're talking about him. He sort of has not been effective. Um, and you got to worry because the guy is getting a little bit long in the tooth at this point in his career.
2: Yeah, I mean, there have been times in the last couple of seasons where we've thought he was done, and then he pulls it out for the playoffs in a way that makes you think he could play another five years. But this year it just looks a lot worse. The shot looks terrible. I mean, he looks like that back is still bothering him from a couple of seasons ago. And the athleticism, the burst where he can just come out of nowhere, just doesn't seem to be there anymore.
1: All right, I got a stat for you, because since we're talking about the lineups, do you want to guess what the starter's net rating is this year, and then maybe versus last?
2: Oh, I well, I know it's been really bad since Steph got back. So let's say like, uh, maybe like Three
1: point seven. Okay, not bad. It's actually. And here's the thing. It's, I'm doing the whole season right now, so it's actually plus nine point oh, okay. one. But you're right. It's lower than that. But you want to know what that starting lineup was last year? What it was, was it? P- plus twenty three point one. So that's a huge difference. You know, in a way that you know, I, I guess is that all wrapped up in you know just long season, tired fourth fourth finals in a row attempt.
2: Yeah, I think that. I think we could probably say that. Um, you know, a couple of guys have been, been nicked up here and there. Obviously, Steph missed time with the ankle injury, and KD has kind of had the little cap thing. Uh, Draymond with the shoulder issue, and he's not been shooting the ball well. Seems like Clay has been the only guy who's been consistent for that team this season. And, uh, you know, Zaza, Zaza, he's only going to give you 12, 14 minutes a night, and, uh, and they're a roller coaster.
1: Yeah, Zaza is, is frustrating. I know I tweeted out a video of him, uh, you know, frustratingly, what do I call it? Frustratingly, uh, uh, what's the word, clumsy. And, but people want, got on me and were like, no, he's doing it on purpose. He's like flopping, and he almost took out KD and Paul George in one fall. It was, it's terrible. Uh, but, you know, yeah, he's only playing the 12 or 13 minutes a night. If you're looking at the Rockets, though, what's their main method? What's going to win them a series against the Warriors?
2: Well, it's that high-leverage basketball that they're able to play. You know, uh, there could be, you know, three or four games in a series where they could hit 17 to 23s in a game, and, and that's what they're going to have to do, I think. Um, the other part of that coin is that their defense is much improved this year. They, they went out and got Luke Richard and Bahamute, They got P.J. Tucker. Clint Capella is playing really well, and I just think that gives them more bodies. Chris Paul, even, has helped quite a bit in their defense, and um, – that's super important for this team, to, to be able to play the, the, you know, as the best offense in the league right now, but also to be a top-ten defense, I think is really important. So you know, th- this is the best shot anyone's had outside of that Cavs team that won that freak finals um, to beat this Warrior squad. Um, I'm really looking forward to that series. The basketball gods owe us that series because of all the injuries we've had this season.
1: So how are they going to match up then? Because they have you know Capella at center will obviously guard Zaza. You have who's Ryan Anderson guarding?
2: Well, Ryan Anderson's probably not going to play much. You know he's going to come off the bench, and I could see him being at like 16 minutes a game in the playoffs, unless he's super hot. In which case, I'd see I expect to see him more at the five.
1: Oh, so who's going to start then? He's been starting. You know he started 50 games so far out of their 55. So who is he gonna who's going to start for him then?
2: Um, I believe they moved PJ Tucker into the starting
1: lineup. Oh, okay. So you, so it'd be Tucker and Ariza, Chris Paul and Harden. Okay. So now you got Chris Paul up against um, Curry, which is always a really interesting matchup to say the least. I don't know Curry. You know he's going to work for it at the very least if he's going to if he's going to score at all. And then you have so then you are going to have Harden on Clay, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what we would get.
1: Okay so we have you know that that'll be interesting as well because certainly Clay's the kind of guy that's going to give harden a lot of problems running through screens I would
2: actually I would consider harden guarding draymond Green
1: oh because he's stout he,
2: because he's stout he's a really good post defender if you look at the numbers I think he's in the top 10 uh, as far as uh post defense goes I mean the metrics are are shaky at best but he does a good job down there i mean we we've, we've watched the film and we've seen it so um, that's what I would do. Is I would I would maybe put PJ Tucker or Trevor Ariza on Clay, and then the other on on KD, and just just hope you can not give up forty five against KD in every single game. And uh, I'd have Harden guarding Draymond, and then when Capella can be on the court, you know I think that's a mismatch against Zaza. Capella is really good.
1: Yeah, he is. And by the way, he's really gotten good on the offensive end, which is going to be a problem because at the high post, he could blow by Zaza off a dribble.
2: Absolutely. And and then the the beauty of what I've seen from Capella this season that I think goes a little bit missed by most people is how well he's actually seeing the court after he gets the ball as a roll man. He's finding shooters in the corner. He's able to find guys on the wing, but he's getting those secondary assists when he hits the corner. I mean, it's just, it, he's playing so well this season. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, this the summer, the free agent market's going to be really tight, especially for centers. And he's a restricted free agent. But I'm wondering if, he, if some team doesn't come in with a decent offer for him and, and make Houston have a tough decision to make.
1: Oh, without question, they'd all love to have him. So you know, for sure. So it's gonna be an interesting thing and in the way they're marching up here, matching up here in the in the uh as we move down the wire in the Western Conference, I guess it doesn't necessarily matter who's one or two because we're gonna get a conference finals between them, right? I hope. <laughs> okay. Uh anybody else over in the West that's gonna either surprise or disappoint.
2: Well, I mean it, it seems like this is a lost season for Kawhi Leonard. You know, there's no word whatsoever. Um, so I, I'm I'm almost ready to count the Spurs out. I know we've been mistaken doing that before, but uh, it just seems like it's not going to be their year. And honestly, I, I don't think there's another team in the West that really poses any sort of threat to the Warriors
1: outside of the Rockets. Right. Well, Dave, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show to break that down for us. If you want to follow him, it's Dave Dufour, or excuse me, at Dave Dufour NBA. On Twitter, and uh, great analysis, great stuff. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it.
2: Of course, anytime.
1: Right, and I will catch you up on our podcast. Uh, ASAP will do a full one uh, over on the, uh, what do we call it, on the internets, I guess? Yeah, we, we
2: got to give the people what they want.
1: Absolutely, and we we have made them wait way too long. So don't forget to follow him over on Twitter at uh, Dave Before NBA, and for also to follow us over and like or subscribe to our podcast, the B Ball Breakdown podcast. Oh, and you have a podcast? Yeah, it's on the NBA with Dave DuFour. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you next time. All right, Nick. And that was Dave Dufour with, with a fast-paced show so far that we have going on here. It's the B-Ball Breakdown with Coach Nick
0: on SB Nation Radio. Coming to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Coach Nick.
1: Hey, sports fans. It's Coach Nick here, and this is the B-Ball Breakdown radio show. Uh, it was a great show, fast-paced, lots of action, lots of information packed into that hour. I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, and joining us right now and, and being part of the conversation. Uh, and you can't, don't forget, uh, if you don't know what we do, I break down NBA games with video using freeze frames, arrows, and slow-mo and voiceover. And I explain what's going on on the court every day. Uh, We just had a couple of really great videos that went viral the other uh, last week, which were uh, the Cavs are back, and I explain how Jordan Clarkson is creating easier shots for LeBron James. And I show you with video how that's happening, Uh, and then how Rodney Hood has been on fire. uh, And we have to know, figure out if that's actually going to be a mirage or not, because certainly what we had with James Hollis was talking about uh, that he thinks that that's going to be a thing that's going to settle back down. The Cavs are going to, you know, find an equilibrium there. Uh, I did another one on the Jazz and how they're the hottest team in the NBA, and it's the Rudy Gobert. And Joe Ingles pick and roll uh, which has been a really weird kind of pick and roll for defenses to handle and I show you why that's a problem for other teams so are they gonna get in the playoffs good question there uh, we even had Ronnie Nunn former NBA referee talk about the Giannis Euro step and if it's legal hint it is but it's it's definitely pushing the boundaries of what is and what is not legal so uh, really exciting stuff happening over at b-ball breakdown as we move into the stretch of the season here we're gonna be creating even more content more videos every day uh, and then I always have my stuff on twitter at bball breakdown make sure to follow me there where we do live in-game analysis with video in twitter and we share highlights we share other interesting things about fundamentals Uh, i also do a lot of encore demos where i can show you how to do these things or if you're a coach how to run these certain kind of offenses so we have a lot of stuff going on all across the bball breakdown sphere if you just search that name you're going to come up with everything you need to do to find us and um and that's what I'm. If you tweet me, I will get back to you because don't forget, we we always say B Ball Breakdown, it's not a channel, it's a conversation. You win. So that's how we, uh, that's, that's what I'm all about. So we're always here to have that conversation. Hopefully, you guys will start calling in because I'm going to be here every Tuesday at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time, 8 o'clock Eastern, every Tuesday for an hour. Uh, and we will be here next Tuesday and every Tuesday going forward. So uh, make sure you can call in the number. You can write it down if you want 1 800 777 2907. I would love to hear. from you with the audio side we'll also be getting our periscope uh thing straightened out as well so people can hear the callers and then we can have a great conversation there if you want to tweet slash periscope comment your question in here i am always up to answer anything and everything about the nba a little bit of college and any kind of fundamentals you might have about how to dribble or how to shoot Uh, we can always tackle those things and i can do my best to do it in this format on audio so Uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this show. I know I did, and uh, I can't wait to get back to you next week with another edition of the B-Ball Breakdown. You in?